Good morning and welcome. I'm Tom Snape, and we are joined this morning by Megan Roberson and Melissa Deaver with the Alzheimer's Association of Greater Cincinnati. Good morning to you, ladies. Good morning. Good morning. Thanks for having us. Yeah, glad to have you both on the show this morning. And, uh, of course, uh, we've got a uh, a special thing going on. It's going to be in uh, Batesville on October 30th, the Walk to End Alzheimer's. And uh, can you tell us a little bit about uh, what these uh, walks are like um, and how you go about uh, putting on these walks? Yeah, our walk um, is going to be Batesville, Indiana, as you said, in Liberty Park. October 30th, and our walk activities will begin at 9 a.m. Um, we are going to have a bunch of different activities, but also keeping in mind um, COVID-19 and following all the CDC guidelines and trying to keep our supporters as safe as possible through the walk. We also offer a walk in your community option where you can still register online. You can still raise $100 to get a T-shirt, and you can be safe and walk at home in your own comfort. Um, Whatever works best for our supporters. We know some people really want to be in person. It's a lot of fun to be in person. Um, We have music. We have a flower ceremony where we talk about how Alzheimer's affects people differently, whether you're just a supporter, you're a caregiver, um, you're someone who is living with Alzheimer's, um, or you're somebody who has actually lost a loved one to Alzheimer's. So there's a lot going on at the walk, and we are gearing up and excited for it to happen. And as far as the uh, the walks last year, obviously they were held virtually, but uh, can you tell us a little bit about uh, some of the effects that uh, your organization uh, had to deal with last year uh, at the height of COVID? Absolutely. Um, with COVID, you know, not having to walk in person obviously lowered some of our numbers and everything, but it was great to see our supporters still come out, still join the walks. Um, and then walk in their own community and really try to support us and be there for us, as well as all the Americans living with Alzheimer's disease, which there are over 6 million Americans living with the disease. And so it's extremely important that we keep fighting it regardless of COVID-19, because obviously Alzheimer's is not stopping because we have COVID. Um, Actually, Alzheimer's deaths rose 16% during COVID-19 last year. Um, So it's really extremely important that we continue our fights because Alzheimer's is not ending and we are not going to end either. And have they figured out uh, exactly how this, uh, how this disease forms? Yes. So um, what we know is that it's the abnormal buildup of beta amyloid protein and tau protein in the brain. So the beta amyloid, you know, if folks have, you know, recalled maybe in the news hearing about plaques, that's what beta amyloid causes, and the tau protein causes the tangles. And so that's what leads to all the nerve cell death and degeneration that occurs in the brain of somebody with Alzheimer's disease. We all have beta amyloid protein and tau protein in our brains, but somebody with Alzheimer's disease has a, a major buildup of those proteins. 
So is this just something that I guess uh, happens over time and it's uh, kind of, uh, is there anything that uh, somebody should do maybe to uh, maybe uh, hold off the onset of Alzheimer's or dementia or something like that? Yeah, absolutely. So just as you said, it is very slow in its onset, very slow in its progression. So it's not something that just happens overnight. You know, you're not going to wake up one morning and have Alzheimer's disease. When folks do wake up suddenly and are having a cognitive status change, that's when we think about things like vascular dementia because maybe they've had a stroke or a mini-stroke. Uh, maybe they've had blockages for years and blocked off the oxygen and, and blood supply to their brain, and so now they're having this issue. But with Alzheimer's disease, it is very slow, and what we know is that it actually attacks the brain 20 years before we ever notice the first sign or symptom. So it's in the brain, beginning the deterioration before you, 20 years before you get to the point of noticing anything. And some of the things that folks can do is we know that, you know, cardiovascular disease puts you at risk for developing Alzheimer's disease. So maintaining high blood pressure, making sure you don't have high cholesterol. Uh, diabetes is another risk factor. So controlling your diabetes. Um you know, major stress, which, hello, we live in a stressful world, don't we? <laughs> um, but, but, you know, trying to maintain your stress. Um, eating healthy, you know, because research has shown that when we eat clean, so in other words, meat, vegetables, fruits, really the way that we were intended to eat, not all of this processed food, re research has shown that people who eat clean have a decreased risk of developing the disease and what we also know is staying active it's not that you have to run a marathon but just taking a walk every day getting that oxygen and blood flow to the brain going um, staying social so like if you're somebody that's retired it's so important that you stay social whether it's going every monday morning and having coffee with your friends at mcdonald's or playing golf or whatever it is that you like to do um, but research has shown that those things are important and as far as uh, I, I uh, often hear uh, somebody say that they'll, they'll do uh, word finds or Sudoku or crossword puzzles or something like that. Um, is, is, that uh, is that true or is that uh, just a, you know, a fallacy? No, it's absolutely true because yeah. you're working your brain, you know, kind of that old saying, if, um, you know, if you don't use it, you lose it. And that's very true. Um, and what we also have even found through research is, is even learning new things can reduce your risk. So, for example, if you're somebody that's always wanted to learn to play guitar, um, even though you may be 70, go for it. Because learning new things fires up those brain cells in our brain, and it does help reduce our risk. Or learning sign language or a new language or just learning to do something new um, keeps our brain active and very much can reduce your risk. Okay, so again, uh, Melissa, you're saying uh, you know, keep the brain active uh, through uh, uh, you know, word puzzles and Sudoku, maybe taking up an instrument such as guitar, and of course also uh, eating clean uh, meats, fruits, and vegetables, and not so much processed food such as, uh, and as far as, and maybe somebody hears processed food for the first time, uh, what uh, what would you say is, uh, would you consider processed food, uh, for example, I, I guess would be uh, fast food would be uh, one of them? Yes, yeah, our fast foods, 
um, you know, foods that we buy in the store that are already kind of pre-made and we're just heating them up. Um, so, you know, if you're going to eat meat, don't always douse it in flour and fry it. I know it tastes good that way, but, you know, learning to eat grilled meats without anything extra added on it but seasoning, um, staying away from sugar as, as much as you can or, or in moderation. All right. So a lot of things going on there. Uh, some uh, some helpful hints there uh, to uh, uh, combat the onset of Alzheimer's and uh, dementia. And uh, we're going to go ahead and take a break, and then uh, we'll uh, talk more about the effects of Alzheimer's and also programs and services available to caregivers. And that's coming up next on The Daily Pod. Don't adjust your radio. The sound that you hear is your stomach. You're having trouble focusing. You can't recall your last meal. You're trapped in the hunger zone. The solution, Batesville to go. Let to go deliver a hot, fresh meal to your home or office whenever hunger strikes. To go delivers the best food from local restaurants. Visit us online at togodelivers.com or call us at 812-727-8800. Batesville to go. Big city convenience, small town taste. And welcome back. And we're joined again this morning by Megan Roberson and Melissa Deaver with the Alzheimer's Association of Cincinnati. As uh, we gear up for the Walk to End Alzheimer's, that will be taking place in Batesville at Liberty Park on October 30th, beginning at 9 a.m. And uh, ladies, can you uh, tell us uh, some of the effects of Alzheimer's, uh, not only on the person who is going through it, but also loved ones and caregivers? Sure. So, you know, what we know, of course, working with families is that caregivers are so stressed um, because, you know, and, and they're grieving. That's really the one thing I want to point out to people is our society, um, it's, we call it a disenfranchised grief. So in other words, society is not recognizing that caregivers grief because they're looking and seeing that that person with Alzheimer's disease is still alive, they're walking, they're functioning. But what other people don't understand is on the day-to-day that that caregiver is watching that person lose a piece of themselves every day. You know, they may wake up one day and the person can't remember to tie their shoes. They can't remember how to shave. They can't remember who their loved one is. So every day they're watching losses. And so the caregiver is grieving from the point of diagnosis all the way to the end of the disease. And that grieving process never stops. And then, you know, the stress, because not only are they now caring for their loved one with Alzheimer's disease, they've had to take on all of their roles and responsibilities as well. So maybe that person with dementia, you know, their thing was they they moved the grass, they changed the light bulbs in the house, they changed the oil in the car, you know, maybe that was their role. And now they're not doing those things, and the caregiver now has to take on those roles in addition to their own roles and responsibilities. And, and put on top of that, dealing with the disease, the caregiver is very stressed, and the caregiver needs a lot of support from family and friends and places like, you know, the Alzheimer's Association. As far as the support from loved ones, uh, what would you say that would uh, take the form of? So one of my suggestions is to say, you know, to, to offer help. And don't just say, you know, now if you need me, let me know because that caregiver is not going to do that. They don't want to burden you with their problems. But you could say something like, hey, every Wednesday, I'm going to bring dinner over. I'm going to do that for you. And you tell them you're going to do that. Or, hey, 
you know, I know your husband, Bob, was the one who mowed the grass. I know we can't do it now. So every Saturday, I'm going to come over and mow your grass. I mean, those are things that you can do that even as a family member or a friend, if you don't feel comfortable with the day-to-day care needs, you can do things like that that is so supportive to that caregiver or even saying, you know what, I'm going to come over Saturday and I'm going to stay for three hours and I want you to do whatever you want to do. If that's go visit some friends, if that's take a nap, if that's get some chores done, whatever you want to do, I'm going to come over and interact with them for a couple hours to give you a break. As far as uh, some programs and services that are available uh, to uh, caregivers, uh, not just uh, what you had alluded to, but uh, what are some of the things that uh, some of those programs and services that uh, caregivers can take advantage of? Uh, And so one of the things I do want to stress to folks is, of course, Megan's talking about um, the walk that's coming up, and that's why the walk is so important. All of the programs and services that we provide is free of charge. So it doesn't matter what kind of insurance, lack of insurance, none of that matters because there is no charge. And the way we keep it free is by money raised through the Alzheimer's walk. So that's why the walk is is so important. And so some of the programs and services that we have to offer, uh, one of my favorite things is our family care consultation. So that's where one of our nurses or social workers will meet with the family to help them understand the disease, you know, what's going to happen next. How do I prepare for that? Uh, What kind of community resources are out there to help me care for this person? What do I need to think about from a legal and financial perspective? How do I keep them safe? How do I deal with these behaviors I'm seeing? How do I communicate with them? So we're going to have a big care planning session, and that's really the first thing somebody needs to do when they find out they're diagnosed. We need to get that care plan in place. Um, We also offer support groups for the caregiver to come to, um, and those have been lifesavers for our caregivers because there's somebody there in that room with you that gets it. They know exactly how you feel, and you can talk to other people in your same situation. And then we also have education programs that we're doing uh, virtually and in person. So if you have an organization or club or business that you want us to come and you know, teach people about how to recognize the disease. We can do that. So we have education programs, and then we have a 24-hour helpline that folks can call. Even if it's 2 o'clock in the morning and your loved one with dementia is maybe trying to wander away and you don't know what to do, there's going to be a master's-level social worker on the other end of that phone to walk you through that process. And uh, somebody needs uh, some more information uh, or they can find all this information, uh, where can they go? So our 800 number to reach us, and this is also our helpline, it's 1-800-272-3900, or they can also go to alv.org backslash Cincinnati. All right. So again, that number is 800-272-3900, or alz.org backslash Cincinnati. So, uh, all right. And anything uh, we uh, we might uh, might have missed, ladies, this morning? I, think I don't think so. I think we covered most parts. Okay. Yeah. All right. And uh, any any final words from uh, from each of you uh, before uh, we dismiss this morning? 
things I would like to remind folks is, you know, so many times, even if you're at the point that, let's say, maybe your loved one has already passed with the disease and, you know, you want to do something, you want to do something to help others. And one of the things that you can do is be a part of this walk that we have coming up at the end of October, um, because by raising money, that money goes to research so we can help have better treatment and hopefully one day end this disease and also support these programs and services to help caregivers. So um, that's why the walk is so important. Absolutely. The walk is extremely important, and we are excited for it. And if you do want to directly sign up for the Batesville, Indiana Walk, you can actually go to act.alv.org slash se indiana, and you can sign up directly there. All registration is free, and we hope to see you there at the walk. Okay, Megan, could you give that address one more time, please? Absolutely. It is act.alv.org slash se indiana. Okay, well, um, we appreciate uh, both your time this morning. And, uh, and again, the uh, walk to end Alzheimer's will be taking place at Batesville's Liberty Park on October 30th at 9 a.m. And uh, WRBI will be a sponsor of that, so uh, we're glad to be involved in that. Uh, Megan Roberson and uh, Melissa Deaver from the Alzheimer's Association of Greater Cincinnati, we appreciate your time this morning. Thank you so much. Thank you. I'm Tom Snape for The Daily Pod.